0: Thanks for listening to today's message. We hope that it will encourage you and help you live out your faith in everyday life. Make sure to download our church app by typing Comox Pentecostal into Google Play or the App Store
1: to enjoy more podcasts, Bible resources, giving options, and more.
0: Did anybody see the snake on the nativity behind me? Anybody else unnerved? Anybody else not a snake person? I am not a snake person. Uh, I've never been a snake person. And uh, I've had several experiences and encounters with them that I wish I could forget. Once uh, I had a group of little boys, I think they were laughing at me because of my fear of snakes. I was at a camp and uh, this was only a few years ago. We were staying there. And we were packing the van to leave and this group of little boys had run around with a big bucket and found several snakes. And so now they're running around with a bucket of snakes and our daughters wanted to play with them. (laughs) And so this was one of the worst things I could envision was my girls sticking their hands in there and I wanted to go rescue them but at the same time, I didn't. And uh, anyways, they, they thought that I might want to play with the snakes too so they kindly offered, I declined. And I tried, I didn't want to tell them I was scared, because I, you know, their dad was way more manly than me, and I just, I didn't know how to handle a moment like that. But I, they didn't pick up on the signals, so finally I just had to say, can you take the snakes away? So they dumped them out, and now our van's open, I'm worried about them coming into our van. So we got out of there fast. Some people have heard me tell the story about a neighbor we had several years ago, who had two pythons. And um, there was a knock at our door one evening, and the neighbor girl, she was maybe 11 years old, uh, I opened the door and there she was and she was holding this tray of, uh, looked like like a casserole dish. There was some, it was covered and I thought, oh, is this a gift for us? You know, I was like, oh, thank you, but oh, wonderful to see you. She said, actually, could we borrow your oven? I said, sure, I mean, is uh, the power out or the gas out? What, uh, they said, one of our pythons escaped and we think it's coiled inside the oven, so we can't use our oven. Sure, come on in, you can use (laughs) our oven. And then, you know, all night long, I'm trying to think, you know, what's the distance? How fast can a python travel? Of course, they're coming towards our house. Um, It was unnerving, absolutely. For those of you also like me who don't like to hear about snakes, you wouldn't have heard about this because it didn't make the news, but just in the last few weeks, there was a pet store that had eight snakes escape. And it was in BC. It was on Vancouver Island. It was in the Comox Valley, Uh, and I won't say anything more than that, otherwise you'll join me in calling all the pet stores, and I don't know if they've been located yet. I think our saving grace is that it's winter, it should get colder, and hopefully that finishes them, but it does mean they're looking for warmth, doesn't it? And so check your cars, check your toilets, I don't know, I'm concerned. If you're like me, and I think some of you might be, one of your big life questions is, why snakes? (laughs) Um, But Christmas, and life in general, brings about even bigger questions than why snakes. Um, I think at Christmas we sing about peace, and I think some people have a big question about peace. Is peace possible for me? Is peace possible for my circumstance, my situation? Where does peace come from? How does anyone get a sense of peace? Several years ago, a show was released uh, online called The Good Place. I don't know if anybody watched that. It brilliantly portrayed the human longing for meaning and for peace. You can watch it on Netflix, I think. When we burnt through it a few years ago and enjoyed it. I was mesmerized by just, this is humanity in the Western world. This is their attempt to try to figure out where does meaning come from? How do we find peace? Uh, and the storyline follows seven, uh, several recently deceased characters into their first days in an afterlife, arriving at, spoiler alert, the show's a bunch of years old, so I'm just going to tell you what happens. Uh, they, are, they arrive at the place where they discover um, peace and meaning by choosing to cease to exist. I thought it was a bit of a bleak ending, but maybe that's the best we can come up with in our... Now, it shouldn't be too surprising. There's a lot of philosophical, it's very interesting, a lot of philosophical dialogue that occurs throughout the show, and they cite many different philosophers and thinkers throughout history, especially including 18th century German philosopher Immanuel Kant, who was famous for saying many things, including this. Perpetual peace is found only in the graveyard. Isn't that hopeful? So, where, where do we find peace? Maybe we can find peace by considering this quote from modern philosopher and mom-on-bluey Chile, who said this, I need 20 minutes where no one comes near me. <laughs> Any parents hear me? <laughs> I mean, I think the Immanuel Kant quote and then Chile's quote kind of represent a lot of human thinking. Peace will happen when either we go away or everything else goes away. And that's sort of the best that we can kind of come up with on our own, isn't it? At least that's what we see on the screen from time to time. So why is there a snake in the nativity? I think by the end of our next few moments, we'll have a better understanding of why. In order to understand it, we need to turn to the book of Isaiah. If you're new to church or just visiting today, we're so glad to have you. The Bible is a long book. It's pretty interesting to try to get a handle on. And the book of Isaiah sort of falls in the middle, but it's in the first half of the Bible. And the first half of the Bible is like a giant arrow that keeps pointing towards Jesus. And the book of Isaiah, he was a prophet about 3,000 years ago. He wrote all kinds of poetic pieces and important sayings that, that captured this sentiment of We sure need help in this world. Where does peace come from? And we're waiting for the day that God will come to this earth to begin to make things right. And that's how Isaiah is kind of written. That's why it's quoted so often at Christmas. Isaiah, the book in the Bible, is anticipating the first Christmas. And so we see in chapter 7 of Isaiah. You don't have to turn there. I've got it for you on the screen. Chapter 7 is one of the places where we see it pointing towards Jesus. It says this, Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. And we sing about that at Christmas and we talk about it in churches at Christmas, but it's understandably for some, it's a big thought to get our brains around. What do you mean a a virgin giving birth to a child? Writer Glenn Scrivener says this, Christians believe in the virgin birth of Jesus. Atheists believe In the virgin birth of the universe, choose your miracle. Well said. Chapter 9 in Isaiah also points us towards the anticipation of the first Christmas to the coming of Jesus when it says this, for unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and all authority will be on his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. In Isaiah chapter 11, and this is where we find the serpent in just a moment, We see more words that point towards the coming of Jesus in the first Christmas. In chapter 11, verses 2 and 4, it says this, The Spirit of God will rest on him. It says, He will give justice to the poor and fair decision to the exploited. And if you follow along the sayings and the works of Jesus in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you see this is what he spent most of his time doing. And then listen in the same chapter 11, how it explains the results of Jesus coming to people's lives. The wolf will live with the lamb. The leopard will sleep next to the goat. The calf and the lion will feed together. The cow will feed with the bear. Their young will rest together. And the infant will play near the den of the cobra. Oh, that's disturbing to me. (laughs) And all the other anti-snake people in the room, I'm sure, are with me there. Why in the world does Isaiah feel led to use language that vivid? I mean, it's shocking, isn't it? But it's painting a powerful picture of something. What is that picture? That when God comes, when he comes to our lives, when he comes to our world, he comes to bring peace. The kind of peace that would be shocking and surprising as if literally a baby could play next to the den of a cobra. What's interesting is when you consider what Isaiah is talking about in his writings here and you contrast it against other ancient Near Eastern documents written around 3,000 years ago as well, they had their own utopian myths and stories that they would write. And they would sort of say, here's, you know, one day utopia will arrive, we don't know how, we don't know when, but this is what it'll be like. And in many of the ancient Near Eastern utopian myths, they actually note in them that when that moment arrives, there will be no more lions. There will be no more wolves. There will be no more leopards and other mean, evil animals. There will be no more snakes. And so the ancient Near Eastern idea for utopia was really the elimination of all those nasty things. What's interesting in scriptures is that it stands in stark contrast to that idea. Instead of the absence of something creating peace, what Isaiah is pointing to is that the presence of someone can bring peace. Peace has less to do with the absence of something and everything to do with the presence of someone. And friends, that is what Christmas is all about. We hear the word Advent at Christmas, which means the arrival, the coming of Jesus to the world. We hear the word incarnation at Christmas, and it's this idea of God putting on flesh, becoming human, and dwelling among us. Sometimes we hear people say things like, you know, I think all religions are basically the same, aren't they? And some people might say, it's basically like if reality was a mountain, God's atop the mountain somewhere, and all the different religions are finding their own way up the mountain. And many people, if you talk to them in society here in Comox Valley, they might be like, well, that makes sense. And they could dialogue about different religions or faith systems or ideologies and sort of see it in that mountain diagram. But Christianity doesn't fit in that diagram. It is unique. It doesn't work like that. The message of Christianity says, well, if reality is a mountain and God's atop it, God didn't wait for humans to try to find him. God saw us in our struggle and our suffering, and he came down to us and to the lowlands of human struggling and suffering to bring peace, to bring his presence. Jesus said many things in his teachings and when he would spend time with people. Consider these words. My peace I give to you. I am with you always. I've said these things so that in me, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. Boy, that's a nice promise from Jesus, isn't it? I like that Jesus is uh, into reality. We all hope for a day that things will all be made new. That day is not here yet. And so Jesus addresses the reality. Listen, in life you're going to have difficulty, but you can take heart. I've overcome the world. He offers you peace by being here with us through his spirit. Christmas is a signal from heaven that God's heart for peace is for you and I. God's offer of peace is available for you and I today, regardless of circumstance, regardless of situation, regardless of past present, or future. Jesus makes peace possible. Peace between you and God. Some of us know what that's like, to to not be sure where we sit with the big guy upstairs. Jesus makes it possible for us to experience peace with God. Jesus makes it possible for peace to exist between you and others. And maybe for some, the most hopeful thing you could hear today is that Jesus makes it possible for peace to exist in your own relationship with yourself. Some of us hold on to or feel haunted by things of our own lives that we can't undo. There is a way through Jesus that we find peace. It is Jesus alone who can make peace possible for your circumstances, your soul, your present, your future. I want to introduce you to a couple that belong to our church. In fact, I met them just a year and a half ago in our parking lot out there. And I want you to hear their story and how the peace of Jesus intersects with it.
1: Hi, my name is Nina, and this is my husband, Randy. We've been married for about a year and a half, and we are fairly new to faith, about a year and a half as well, um, which has been amazing. There have been some ups and downs, but overall, it's been life-changing and
2: really great. My life uh, before Jesus um, was—it was. I still had good family, good friends. Still a good life, Um, but yeah, I I worshipped money uh, a lot more than anything else, and I had a lot of stress and worry. I had uh, a lot of anger towards myself when I couldn't achieve something that I wanted to achieve or or. If I wasn't good enough at something, or thought I should be better, I I would be, yeah, I'd just get really angry at myself.
1: Life before Jesus was still a good life, but I felt like I had a lot of unanswered questions, um, and it felt like every time i try and search for the answer to those questions, I would just reach like a dead end. Um, The world just felt like a lot darker, and even though we both come from great families with really good values, Um, I think we didn't have that centerpiece of faith and if you don't have that I think for anyone you'll always just be searching for that one thing that brings you that that sense of peace that only Jesus can bring to your life.
2: So I discovered the love and truth of Jesus um, in a slightly different way than Nina. Um, For me it was, um, I guess it started I was having a conversation with someone really close to me that goes to AA meetings. Uh, In the AA book, they refer to kind of a a higher power. Um, And then that kind of led me to the Bible, to Jesus.
1: I discovered the love and truth of Jesus when I started to realize that there is true evil in the world. But I felt like if there was evil, there had to be a source of good. And it seemed like all roads just led me to Jesus as being the truth and the light.
2: Knowing Jesus uh, has brought a lot of peace to my life, um, a lot of my worries I can pray about instead of worrying.
1: Knowing Jesus has brought feelings of joy, feelings of peace, comfort, um, fullness. I feel like it's brought us a bigger sense of hope, not just for us, but for like humanity and for the world. Um, It's also brought a sense of community and friendships. Pretty much right after Randy and I got married, we knew that we wanted to have a family. Um, So we started, started trying to conceive and months were going by and I wasn't conceiving. There was no sign of a positive pregnancy test and we both started to get quite worried and fearful, wondering if it would happen. We eventually did fall pregnant and then two months after that, we ended up losing the baby. And the time after that was a really difficult time for us. I think there was just a lot of like confusion, a lot of wondering if God was still there, if Jesus was still in it with us. And the only thing that really got us through, I would say, was just praying all the time, every day, even when <laughs> I didn't want to pray. <laughs> Lots of the times I felt just so angry and confused and wondering if I'd get pregnant again and if I if I would, would I just have another miscarriage? Thankfully, God did redeem our situation, and I'm now five and a half months pregnant with our little boy.
2: Yeah, Jesus, Jesus brought peace to me during that time of the miscarriage. Um, it took it took a bit, but I did eventually find a lot of peace through him.
1: The arrival of Jesus means that there is peace for anyone because it's not something that you have to be born into. It's not something that you have to buy or take a course on. Anyone can invite Jesus into their lives with just a simple prayer. And it just brings a different peace than the world can give you because it's a peace that's from God. Um, Yeah, just a peace that no one else can give you but God.
2: Isaiah 9, 6 says, For unto us a child is born, To us, a son is given, and all authority will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace.
0: Randy and Nina are actually in this first service sitting upstairs right now, and I see her wiping tears from her eyes. (laughs) You know, um, what they shared there, it's not scripted, it's not a made-up story, it's their real-life experience. And I want to take a moment and pray with everybody here today, whether you're in this room right now or joining us online. You might be searching for something, you might find a lot of chaos everywhere around you, maybe you're a person with us today and you've followed Jesus in the faith for your whole life and yet there's still something where you're like I just need God's peace in this or for this I want to pray with you today I want you to know that anybody in the room qualifies to receive peace from God help from God nobody's better, nobody's worse I have the privilege of serving as a pastor of this church alongside my wife Laura And when we think of concerns in the world, when we think of things in our own family, we need God's peace too. Would you join me in this moment? Would we just place our hands over our heart, maybe as a symbolic way of just saying, okay, God, if you're in this, if you happen to be here right now, I would receive whatever peace you can offer my life today. God, I'm praying for everyone gathered in this room. I'm praying for everyone joining us online in this moment. We thank you for the very heart of the Christmas message, which tells us that, God, when you saw humanity in chaos and in trouble, you didn't fold your arms and back away and watch silently to see what would happen. But you came as close as possible, coming to the earth yourself to experience life among humanity, to bring hope, to bring help, divine help, and to bring peace. Right now, I pray for each heart, each life, And as Randy and Nina said, all it is is that we just invite Jesus into our lives. In this moment, for some of us, it's the thousandth time we're saying, Jesus, I need you to fill my life. And for others, it might be the first moment where you're saying, Jesus, I need you to fill my life. I need your peace. Father, I'm praying for your peace to touch lives, hearts, minds, relationships, and our world and I pray this in the strongest name, which is yours, Jesus. Amen. And watching this video that introduces to us the Nesting Place Society right here in the Comox Valley.
3: Emotionally healthy homes is one of the most essential things we need in life. My name is Lisa Brown, and I'm the executive director of Nesting Place Society. Nesting Place Society has been serving Comox Valley for over 30 years with practical supports like formula and diapers and wipes, car seats, breast pumps, and also with support services for things like unplanned pregnancies, grief support, and support for students. I think Nesting Place Society services are really important, and I think they're important because there's a lot of loneliness in the Comox Valley. Um, A lot of situations where children, teens, women just didn't have the opportunity or the luxury to have a home that was filled with love and support, instead they kind of fumbled around on their own. And then we're on the front lines and someone walks through the door and we get to hear a little bit about their immediate circumstances where where they're struggling, maybe they're in a crisis. And then we hear a bigger portion of their overall story. And so often the, the thread that we hear is grief, loss, loneliness. And so our grief recovery programs just give us the opportunity to care for people, to to be able to talk through some of their pain. It's such an honor to be able to sit with people on some of maybe their their worst days or just recognize that if we weren't here they wouldn't have anyone to be able to share some of these things with. And um, yeah, we're just so thankful to, to be able to be there for people in that way. It doesn't matter who you are, anyone can access our services here at Nesting Place Society. We see students, we see moms that are parenting on their own, we see dads who come in to pick up diapers. We see people that are going through grief and loss, and that can be anyone from a student all the way up to a grandparent. So we have a wide spectrum of clients that we see. As a result of our programs, we get to see so many amazing things, like meeting the practical needs with formula and diapers in the resource room, being able to spend time with parents and school counsellors, helping them figure out how to support their kids or their students through grief and loss. And there's also the pregnancy side of things as well. Like a story comes to mind, even last week, I met with a woman who was having an unplanned pregnancy. That's often a very stressful thing to go through. And I listened, you know, I listened for a couple of hours as she figured out what it was that she wanted to do, figured out her values and got clarity on what was the right thing for her to do and um, just it was a great reminder that listening is is doing something i want you to know that if you have a need or someone you know has a need that we're here for you we believe in emotionally healthy homes and that begins the moment you walk through the door if you'd like to make a donation to support our programs and what we do here in the valley you can find us on canada helps or on NestingPlaceSociety.com.
0: Lisa Brown and members of the Nesting Place team are with us today. In fact, they're going to be in the lobby helping to serve hot chocolate and hot apple cider. And so if you have any follow-up questions for any of them, just go ahead and ask. They gave some ways that you can donate online after the service if you wish. If you'd like to give in this service through an envelope just write nesting place on it or christmas outreach on it and we'll make sure that it gets forwarded to their important cause in our community being that it is a sunday some maybe came ready to just give in a regular offering you can make sure to designate general your gift in the general fund for that this if you're new with us today and you wonder where you can give we have uh, a couple donation boxes one is at the back of the lobby or the back of the auditorium here downstairs and one The back of the auditorium. Upstairs, as you're exiting the room, if you want to give by a debit card, there is a terminal down on your left side here at the back of the auditorium on the main floor. And then we have online options that are available for gifts. Just designate, again, Christmas outreach or nesting place, and we'll be sure to forward those resources to them. All right, let's stand together. I want to lead you in a prayer of blessing over your lives and over the year in front of you. And then we'll sing We Wish You a Merry Christmas together. Father, I want to thank you for each of the people that you've brought together today. Thank you for gathering us. Thank you for caring for us and demonstrating your care so personally and powerfully through Christmas itself that you do not ignore humanity and our need, but you come close to bring peace and rescue. Right now, Laura and I pray for each person here today, every family represented. We pray your blessing upon them this Christmas season and for 2024. We pray this in the strongest name, which is yours, Jesus. And everyone said, amen. 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 Okay, well, we are formally dismissed here, but let's go out with the song. Uh, I usually request that we sing, We Wish You a Merry Christmas. None of us still know what figgy pudding is, but we'll sing that part too. What we want to do is pretend that we're in a musical together, okay? I don't like, actually, most musicals, but let's have a musical here. And so because of that, it's okay to kind of look around the room at each other as you're singing, because we're wishing you a Merry Christmas. And you can kind of swing your arm like this. If you watch a musical, they seem to do it. You might get confused as a pirate, that's okay. Blink (laughs) both eyes and they'll know you're not a pirate, okay? Ready?
3: We wish you a Merry Christmas, we wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. We glad tidings we bring to you and your kin. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New okay, Year. Okay, more merriment. Wish, wish you a Merry Christmas. Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas, Christmas. A Merry Christmas and, and a Happy, happy so, new bring year. so bring me. So bring me. Pudding, so bring me some figgy pudding So bring me some figgy pudding And a happy new year Or something We ended on figgy
0: pudding What an entitled note to end on, hey? Bring us some figgy pudding Well, we don't have figgy pudding for you But there is hot chocolate and hot apple cider And some treats for kids and special presents from Santa, a Bible for every family, every child. Go to the lobby, head that way. Merry Christmas. Thanks again for listening to today's message. We hope that it encouraged you as you live out your faith in everyday life. Make sure to download our church app by typing Comox Pentecostal into Google Play or the App Store enjoy
3: more podcasts, Bible resources, giving options, and more.